Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. And uh, so today I have three words I want to consider that will hopefully provoke us in the right sense. Uh, since there's so much going on in our world that is very provoking. And I like that word because we are provoking one another unto love. And, um, and I think it's good for us like, uh, to be stirred up and to really understand the day and age we're living in, but also our part in these last days. So, Father, bless our words today, and may they be your words, and encourage each listener. And, Father, we give you the glory today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I want to talk about three words today, uh, and they all begin with C. So uh, the first word I want to talk about is controversy. And then I want to talk a little bit about confrontation, and then conversion. So those three words describe the book of Acts. And I want us to look together here in Acts chapter 18 and I don't know if you've been following what's been going on in Canada, um, but really it's stirred my heart because I see, uh, you know, just the overreaching and the, the, the targeting of the church in Canada. And, um, you know, some people might say, oh, that will never happen in my country. Well, I don't know about that. I'm not sure. It may. It really may happen if we're not careful and if we don't understand uh, why a controversy happens and, um, and the purpose of a controversy. And uh, so let's look at uh, Acts chapter 18. So a controversy, we could say, is, a, uh, is, is really where two systems of thinking, two kingdoms, two different types of mindset struggle. They really struggle. And uh, so when you think about the book of Acts, you can see as the church is growing and there is an immediate uh, struggle when God is initiating, God is acting, Satan is reacting. So in every controversy, inevitably, there is a confrontation. There is a confrontation where uh, one will prevail uh, against the other. But when you think about controversy, and I think as a believer, we're no, no stranger to controversy, right? I remember when we got saved, uh, or even, even before that, pre-salvation, hearing the gospel. Imagine the warfare and the distractions and the obstacles that happened to try to keep you and I away from hearing the gospel right? Strange things, like things that never have had happened before, all of a sudden were happening. Why? Because there was a struggle for our soul. There was a struggle for our attention. There was a struggle for our life. So when we think about controversy, um, you know, Romans talks about the, uh, Revelations, excuse me, talks about the great controversy, which was the war in heaven, where there was a great war and, uh, and Satan was cast down to the earth. Uh, but I want us to think about our world today, which seems to be everywhere you look, there's a great struggle. There's a great controversy. There's a great 
um, initiation to hijack and to eliminate not only religious freedoms, but physical freedoms. And when you look at the book of Acts, let's look here in Acts chapter 18. Um, you know, Paul, as he began to do his missionary journeys, uh, and they operated from the church of Antioch, there was a immediate uh, controversy and confrontation um, because the devil is not neutral about the things of God. The devil's not neutral. <laughs> the demons believe and they tremble. I, th I think the demons believe more than some Christians, or uh, it's, it's really shocking in James chapter 2. But there is an immediate uh, contrast where light cannot coexist with darkness. It's either light or it's dark. There's no gray area. People think there's a gray area, but the gray area is darkness. And if we allow darkness to prevail or to go unchecked in our life, the darkness will take the place of light in our life. All right. So when Silas and Timothy had come to Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. Now, remember earlier in Acts, there was a great confrontation where the Gentiles heard the words of God gladly. And the Jews, there was a great controversy where full cities would be divided and, and, and great um, Great turbulence, great resistance. Remember, Paul was stoned at Lystra uh, by the religious leaders. Why? There was a controversy and a confrontation. So to think, you know, in our passive-aggressive natures, uh, avoidance is impossible to maintain when you're thinking about spiritual things. We cannot avoid the inevitable. There will be a confrontation. Um, I remember coming home from a prayer meeting one night, and we had an amazing prayer meeting. And I just remember stopping at the store. And there was a confrontation in the atmosphere. And there was a demonic person that was very aggressive with me. And I thought to myself, this is not flesh and blood. This is demonic. Why? Because we had been contending in the atmosphere on our knees. There was a victory. There was a confrontation and a victory. And uh, now the, the devil, can he is always reacting uh, because God is acting. So Paul is saying here, I was compelled in my spirit. And this is a very interesting word. And um, it's, it's used in another translation, I was pressed in my spirit, which means I was strained, I was constrained, which means he was stretched beyond measure, he was also restrained by love in this sense where he was making decisions not based on a knee-jerk reaction, but he was led by the Spirit. And he was also willing to suffer persecution because of what he saw. Now, how many of us have reached out to somebody, prayed with them, entered, entered their sphere, and all of a sudden warfare was more intense in our life, right? Uh, all of maybe uh, there we entered that person's warfare because you and I are uh, struggling in the controversy. We are confronting the atmosphere and the devil. And by the way, your life confronts, by the way. 
your life, my life, it mocks the devil. Even if we don't say anything, you represent the kingdom of God. So again, if we're looking for a peaceable and neutral life, uh, then maybe that's for the carnal Christian. Maybe that's for uh, the unbeliever. But for the spirit-filled believer, there will be uh, confrontation. And we understand that the devil is defeated and God fights our battles. But life is, it is life that no matter where we are, we can be gentle and wise, but the devil uh, hates what we stand for. And by the way, this is why we never take warfare personally. Why? Because it's not, it's not our fight. It's not about us. And it's really the devil's trying to discredit, right, the things of, uh, the things of God. He's trying to remove the testimony. That's why he's uh, very systematically working to remove the, uh, the testimony of the church. And I think this whole pandemic has been a great test for the church, right? And, um, and many are losing their candlesticks in Revelations chapter 2, uh, uh, where their witness, their effectiveness uh, becomes null and void. Very, that's a very interesting point there. All right. Before I continue, uh, look at Acts 17, 16 for a minute. Acts 17, 16. Think about Paul when he advanced into places... It affected his spirit, right? 1716, it says this. Now, when Paul waited for, for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idolatry. What was that? There was a controversy. There was a struggle for men's souls, men's attention, men's money, men the means, and Paul was provoked. He was stirred up in his spirit. He entered persecution to, uh, and that's where the confrontation is. He entered the persecution, and what happened? The Lord prevailed. Wow, a lot of noise in here. Okay, thank you. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2. Look at this, 2 Peter chapter 2. Um, and I'll just say this, uh, and this is why I love our church and how we love our Bibles. Um, we are to be prepared. And um, like Pastor said last night, if we enter into the error, we will, uh, we will no longer advance. We will become a casualty. And, um, and that's really uh, not... Uh, I, we see that all around us, but it doesn't have to be you or I, right? It doesn't have to be you or I. All right, Second Peter 2, 8, notice this. Uh, when was the last time we were provoked in our spirit? And I hope, that's been, I hope that's been recently, maybe, where the Holy Spirit is literally grieved by, by what we are seeing. Now, I want to understand these words very clearly and definitively because... Um, in the spiritual realm, we have great authority, but we exercise our authority wisely, right? Because our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we, uh, we want to have an attitude of kindness, be motivated by love, but also really wise, right? Because we don't want to be attacking people. 
because people are not the issue, right? It, these are kingdoms. These are systems. I mean, what's trying to happen in our country, America, uh, among many other places, but specifically, we see the hijacking happening in, in, happening in Canada. Uh, they're, they're being hijacked, and I'll be straight up about it. And as Christians in America, if we think it's not going to come to our country, then uh, we are naive. And this is why now we must understand what the controversy is, and there must be a confrontation. And uh, what do I mean by that? Well, Second Peter chapter 2, it says this. It says, For the righteous man dwelling among them, speaking of Lot, was tormented in his righteous soul about Sodom and Gomorrah from day to night. Seek, uh, seeing and hearing the la their lawless deeds. Now, what do we do in the controversy? Well, there's prayer. There's a, there's a, a, a travailing in prayer. There's an inner anguish where uh, when Jesus approached Jerusalem, he wept over the city. Why? Because uh, his hands were continuously outstretched. And guess what? Uh, people were not gathering. They were not gathering. And he wanted them to gather so that he could heal them, so he could lead them. Um, let's look at Psalm 35 for a minute. Um, stirring, having a stirred up soul. This shows that we're spiritually alive. Some people say, oh, what's the use? Nothing's going to change. This is the way it is. And fatalism takes over, or, or defeatism takes over, or passivity takes over, or even worse, apathy takes over. And I, I think as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Therefore, we have the spirit of the remnant to push back judgment. So don't underestimate your, <coughs> excuse me, your role in the last days. Don't be discouraged by the controversy. It's been ever since Jesus uh, since Jesus walked on the earth, there's been a controversy, right? You had people running out of cemeteries with demon spirits, right? And what did Jesus do? There was a confrontation. Did Jesus run from that confrontation? No, he took authority in that. And what happened? The man was released. What happened when there was a controversy with lepers and they were ostracized and, and Jesus touched the leper? He did not get sick, but he brought healing to the leper. There was controversy. There was confrontation, and then my favorite part, conversion. And that's what I really believe we're going to see uh, throughout this whole mess that, that we have in front of us. Conversion, that God will either wake up the believer from their carnality, or they will lead the unbeliever to a place of salvation. And that's awesome. That's what we want. Okay? Now, we don't fight flesh and blood. I got, I got, I got to say, uh, I'm not going to get bent out of shape. It's easy to do when, when someone is energized by the atmosphere and they're communicating from the kingdom of darkness. Am I going to, uh, you know, fight that person? No. But we're going we're gonna to pray. We're going to stand. We're going to speak. We're going to continue to walk out our faith. We're going to walk out our faith. Why? So controversy and confrontation means that there will be a conversion and new ground. Like we're seeing that in our church. New people are coming. We're, I spoke with a bunch of new people last night. Why? Because controversy will show the person where they stand, what they believe in. What am I going to do about this struggle? Am I going to 
kind of uh, be like a wallflower and back up and just kind of like drift into the night. No, we're not going to walk. We're not going to walk quietly into the night, right? And nor are we going to be like some raving lunatic either. Um, but we're going to be wise. And 144, one of Psalms, we're going to exercise um, warfare correctly. All right. All right. Psalm 35, 23. Um, Stir up yourselves and awake to my vindication, to my cause, my God, and my Lord. Vindicate me, O Lord, my God, according to your righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. What's David saying here? Stir me up, Lord, in the right way to understand the purpose of controversy. Okay, you look through the book of Acts, and let's go back to Acts. Controversy was an opportunity for... For the kingdom to advance. Isn't that awesome? The kingdom was going to advance, right? It's, it's awesome. The furtherance of the gospel in Galatians chapter 1. Immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Immediately, I understood what it was. And, and uh, the way, you know, I heard this Christian leader, the other, you know, uh, denounce his faith. And, and I'm thinking to myself, it's better that that person shuts their mouth and, and, and exits rather than causing uh, more damage to the kingdom of God. Okay, if someone decides to exit, no problem. Just do it quietly. Don't make some strange, like, I'm so happy and I'm, I, this is, it's like demonic. The whole thing was demonic. I was like, I was like, that controversy was, the devil took advantage of that. You know, so, by the way, that's a good point, isn't it? It's like if I have a problem or if I have an issue, you know, go to the person alone and ask questions in humility. But if, there's, if we agree to disagree, let's say, we're not going to, like, spew all this strange stuff. Because you know what happens? Um, there can be the wrong confrontation, and that can be done in pride, and we can be swallowed up and hurt very much. So... I want to look at the book of Acts back here again. Okay, Acts 18. All right. Uh, very, very important. Acts 17, 16. I read that. So, controversy. Uh, none of us look for the, this. You know, it's not like I'm, okay, who, who can I struggle with today? That's not what I'm saying. I don't want, I like a peaceable life, don't you? I, but I think those days are over in, in a lot of ways. We live peaceably in 1 Thessalonians 4.11, but there's a confrontation when uh, someone wants to put a fence around a church. It's like, I'm sorry, that's just not the way it is. I, I was uh, listening to that man in Poland um, that during Easter service when uh, the police came into his church. And this man, and I remember in the early years, Poland, but he was bringing up in the 80s how that uh, thousands, if he said millions, maybe that's, of Poles came to the streets and said, no, we're not going to give up our religious freedom. We are going to stand in the controversy, give glory to God, but also we're going to present the, uh, the heart of God. And you know what happened? They won their freedom. And I remember uh, in the late 80s in the Ukraine, 1991, uh, there was a great, um, a great uh, independence that happened. So, controversy, controversy. So, uh, 
All right, so let me show you something here in Philippians 3.14. All right, so Acts. If you look through the book of Acts, you're going to see controversy everywhere. And God's like, you know what? Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? The seven sons of Sceva had more discernment than in, in that particular instant, instance than, this, uh, than hypocrisy, than that person trying to be something they weren't. Paul we know, Jesus we know. See, it's interesting. In confrontation, in controversy, the devil knows exactly who's who. He knows exactly who's who. <laughs> and the seven sons of Sceva ripped that person apart till he was naked, bruised, and broken. Why? Because in confrontation, it is no game. Only Christ is our defense. All right, Philippians chapter 3. And by the way, it's like, uh, you know, wherever we go, you know, let's not be surprised if uh, strange things happen. Why? Because some demons have not been disturbed for many, many, many years. Why? Because there hasn't been a move of God in some places. So when you and I walk in faith, communicate the gospel uh, with love, joy, and preciseness, the devil is like, there's an immediate confrontation, right? Remember a lady in Frederick this weekend, we were out sketchboarding, and, um, and I got talking with her, and I just said, hey, you know, I got some good news today. Jesus loves you. And this lady was a time bomb. She went off, and she just went up one down, side of me, the other side, all these just really strange spirit. And, she, and, and I was, like, engaging her a little bit, but my spirit was so stirred up. I knew it was, it was demonic. And this is one thing she said. She goes, I've been sent here to scare you away from this place. She literally said that to me. And I said, well, that's not going to happen. And I said, Jesus rebuke you. You have a strange spirit. And, we were, and, that, and that's not something I do typically a lot. But we rebuked her, and she left the area. And it was like, I don't know if it was a territorial demon, but this lady was definitely, uh, definitely unusual. And uh, when she left, it was like the spirit left, the whole atmosphere, and we were able to do sketchboard and preach to the whole downtown area and, uh, on the Riverwalk in Frederick. Your life will eventually confront these people. And it's not like we stand up in our own strength, but we stand in the name of Jesus, and it, it, every knee will bow and every tongue, tongue will confess, right? All right, Philippians chapter 3. Um, it was kind of a scary thing. It was a scary, that lady was scary, man. I was like, all the hair on my body was going up. I was like, um, Pastor Dennis and I were just sitting there and just laughing because it's like, you know, you're sent here to scare us away? You got to be joking me. Uh, you know, if I was in my flesh or if I was representing myself, maybe I might be intimidated. But, but in confrontation, we know whose we are <laughs> and, and we know who we are, right? It's, uh, and we and we're belong to Christ and we stand in his name. So that may happen more often than not. We see this, uh, what Jesus said, you will do greater things. You will do greater things. Now that I'm gone, you will do greater things. Now, yeah, anyway, I'll just leave it there. 314 of Philippians. Again, understanding this. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ, God in Christ Jesus. I press, I press towards the goal, okay? Now, a runner, as he runs or she runs, she's leaning in. She's leaning forward, right? Because every 
she wants to reach the goal every second, millisecond counts. This is literally speaking that we are pressed as we move forward. Pastor spoke a message in 1994, we resist the resistance. Why? There is resistance against our life. There is a controversy. Just look at our families, right? I mean, there's a controversy, right? Um, just look at our world and our neighborhood. You, you, you can say God all day long, but if you say the name Jesus, there is an immediate confrontation. Oh, wait a minute. You know, there's many ways to heaven and, and this, this. It's like no, you know, you're loving, caring, precise, speaking to their capacity, but no, no, there's only one way to the Father. And it's like, um, uh, it's, just a, it's just one of the, you know, one of those things. That's why evangelism, you're piercing the darkness. And, uh, and that's why when not only churches are closed, but, but people are not out doing it, it, the devil has an advantage. Why? Because the devil, the devil goes unchecked. The devil goes unchecked. And uh, I don't know, I'm stirred up about this a little bit here, so... I press. It's like I'm leaning into the Lord. I'm leaning into the Lord with you. Uh, <clears throat> all right, let's look at this in 2 Corinthians 5.19. So, don't you love reading the book of Acts? I mean, I mean sorcerers. I mean uh, demonic people. Demetrius, uh, De the, the Diana, this, uh, all these people like flipping out because the demons went into the pigs and the bacon business suffered, you know? And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This person is healed and you're complaining about your bacon business. I mean, that is not such like the natural man. It just elevates the temporal. It's so interesting. All right, I think that's the verse I want. Second Corinthians 5, 19. So conversion. Okay, I want to spend some time there. Like the words that you and I are speaking they cause people to leave the struggle. There's clarity. There's a confrontation or a decision made. And then there's a change. There's a change. And this is what we want to see. This is what we hope. Uh, our hope is not in anything else but Christ. But our message brings conversion, a change of heart, a, a, uh, a, uh, a change from the inside out, a metamorphosis. Well, 12, I hope this is the right, 519, 2 Corinthians 519. How about in your marriages, right? There could be a controversy in your marriage, right? Could be a confrontation. But, but what is it? We do all things, right? We want to endeavor to keep the, uni the unity, the spirit of unity and the bond of peace. It's a spirit. Like we walk together agreed. Why? Because there's been a surrender and a yielding to something greater than ourself. Absolute truth. So the confrontation is good for us. You ever have somebody confront you and ask you something? And it's like, how dare you say that? You know, well, I can't believe you would even think that. That's good for us. Confrontation is good for us. It's like it checks us. It's like, okay, what am, where am I standing? What do I believe in? What, why am I doing what I'm doing? It's very good for us. Going unchecked, that's where lawlessness or carnality uh, that's why accountability is so important. Carnality and lawlessness must be, um, you know, must be check, uh, in check. Otherwise, our flesh, man, our, we, we cleave to the dust, right? Have you noticed that? 119.25, we, we do, we cleave to the dust, right? Anybody notice that? 
<laughs> that's why that's why the church is I was thinking about the church today like I was thinking when Jesus spoke to the disciples and say cast your net on the right side I was thinking about this by way of analogy think about the disciples toiling all night long and catching nothing that that can be like the church Casting our nets and nothing happened. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Keep casting our nets and then we want to quit. And then Jesus shows up and he says, cast your net on the right side. It's like, okay, you know, I've been doing this all night. They discern it's Jesus, right? Peter does it. And 153 fish come into the boat. They counted it. Almost sank the boat, actually. That's like the church, isn't it? When Jesus shows up, something happens. If Jesus, Jesus doesn't show up, guess what? Nothing happens, right? Right? It's an organization rather than an organism. Thank God. I mean, God showed up last night, didn't he? It was great. It's great. It's amazing. I really sense that God is preparing you and I to, uh, to enter the controversy, not run away from the controversy, to to be confrontational, which means we initiate another kingdom. We initiate love. We initiate life. We initiate truth. We don't just let it go and, and uh, you know, laugh at the stupid jokes or just kind of be passive. No, no. We initiate. We say, no, I'm, you know, uh, Paul to the unknown God. Wait a minute, Athenians. That God is Jesus Christ. There was a, a confrontation. There was a standing like Mordecai and to address the truth. And guess what? There was a conversion, a conversion. Things change. Things change. Oh, I just wish things would go back to normal. We're beyond that. If I'm saying that, I haven't recognized the controversy. It is a spiritual controversy with a spiritual confrontation with a spiritual consequence. And this is why uh, I'm not excited personally about what's going on in our country. It stirred me up. But I want to be awake to my part in sharing the gospel and, and not, just, not just, you know, we, uh, you know easing away uh, into my own understanding. All right. Okay, 519. Here it is. This is the, recon this is the conversion part. So good. Okay, we understand the new creation, 17, 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. That's, I mean, Jesus confronted our sin in Ephesians 2, 1, and he said, you were dead in your sin. I'm going to rescue you, okay? It's like drowning. I remember, I remember when we were kids, we were in a boat, and we were really young, and I was with my sister and I and my dad, and the boat went over. Okay, the boat capsized, and we didn't know how to swim. <laughs> My dad gets in the boat, and he grabs us by the back, by our backs, and puts us back into the boat. Literally, <laughs> I remember that. We, we were just kind of there. We were young. I, we had to be like six or seven. We were really young. And uh, that's what Jesus did. You were dead. You were dying. I mean, you were without hope. And Jesus, I grabbed you. It's amazing. And he put us in a safe place. Anyway. Uh, okay, reconciling us to himself. There's the conversion. 
That's, what's, that's how things are going to change in my life, not me trying harder or trying not to do things. It's rec being reconciled, agreeing with him, walking with him, being obedient to him. Notice this. Who hath reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Wow. Controversy, confrontation, conversion. It's like, Lord, convert us. Peter, you're going to strengthen the brethren when you get converted. The devil's decided to, he wants to sift you. And that, that word literally means he wants to beat you to a pulp. He wants to beat the fight out of you, Peter. But I have prayed for you. And when you've been converted, you will strengthen the brethren. I believe there'll be great conversions. I really believe that. Yes, salvations, but conversions where maybe uh, some, the carnality will now turn into holiness. There'll be a passion when there was passivity. It's amazing. And I really believe in our nation, uh, as God is on the move, we hear about the devil moving, but I'll tell you, God is on the move, and I'm excited about what God's going to do. Amen? Lord, bless these thoughts today and uh, give us wisdom, courage, and boldness in these days. In Jesus' name, amen. We can talk about this if you want. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.